So tonight, just in the next few minutes, <clears throat> we're just going to look at <clears throat> one, you know, I've mentioned over and over and over again, there's, there's well, there's kind of 20 documented healings uh, of Jesus' ministry, documented healings. He, he healed thousands and thousands of people, but documented healings, there's 19 and kind of 20, and I'll, I'll tell you what that means uh, later. But um, this is our 13th message on this, but we've, I think we're up to number, I think this is number 17, and we have two more. Um, and tonight we're talking about the healing of the ten lepers. And it's only found in one, one place in Scripture in Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> and um, I want to read this and then just have some things that I want to look at and talk about for a minute concerning the healing of the ten and the healing of the one. The healing of the ten lepers and the healing of the one. So I want to read through it, and then we'll come back and kind of break it down line by line. Um, Luke 17 and verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of, of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. Now, I want you to point out, I want to point out something, and you, you remember this in some of the other things that we've preached concerning healing he wasn't teaching, you know, he wasn't ministering in any way, shape, or form. He was traveling, okay? And these ten men met him. These ten lepers came to him and met him. Listen to me. Everybody in Scripture that came to Jesus to be healed left healed. There were many times that he went places to heal and only a few were healed. Many didn't get healed. But when someone came to him, they always left well. Always. Everybody say always. always. They never left. You know, they didn't come to him and he said, well, you know, I did the best I could. No, they left healed. Every single one. Now, I don't have a lot of time tonight, and, and, you know, in the last 12 messages that we've preached on these documented healings of Jesus, I've made, I've made a many, many, many different statements about health and healing, and it's not, it's not just black and white. It's not just, you know, every situation, if you notice, in all 19 of these, there's something different in every single one. There were... There were a good portion of them that the people were healed because of their faith. There were a couple of them that were, people were healed because of other people's faith. And there was a number of them that the people were healed because of the working of miracles and the gifts of healing operating through the ministry of Jesus. These are real, and you know we've gone into all of that. But, you know, there's... If a person hasn't been taught from the Word of God that healing is theirs, 
you're not going to be in a situation where sickness has attacked your body and just, you know, somehow, just in some way, you're just going to be rescued. There are many times that there are miracles as a result of the gifts of the Spirit in operation, the manifestation of the Spirit in operation through people. The nine manifestations that are found in in, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, those nine manifestations, the Bible says as God wills them, they flow through people like they did through Jesus. And for the longest time, as I studied, as I looked at this passage for years, I just thought it was as a result of their faith, but it wasn't. And I want to point out something tonight, because what I'm trying to do is take a story from the Bible and see how it relates to the way we think about things. See, if in your mind you think that sickness and disease, God uses that to teach people things, well, if you want to think that, you can think it. But I can't find it from Genesis to Revelation. I can't find it anywhere where God used sickness and disease to teach anybody anything. By the stripes of Jesus, all of humanity that's ever lived or ever will live is already healed. Why why are, are people in despair? Why do people not overcome situations? Because of a lack of revelation and understanding. They're not taught. And then they don't do anything with what they're taught. You know what? I, I was supposed to give you this microphone. I'm just realizing, why am I carrying this microphone when I have a microphone on my ear? Wow. It just dawned on me. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm on. So, so it, 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 and it's not, it's not black and white. And I'm not, you know, understand me. I, I'm not being critical. I don't say, I'm not saying that I have all... You know, I've got the whole 411 on, on health and healing, and I know every single thing about it. There are times when something comes against me, I'm challenged with it. You know, I speak the word, I don't see something leave in my body at different times, but I'm, I know I, I, you, you, it's too late. You cannot convince me it's not God's will for my body to be well. Yeah. One of the things I've had to learn through the years is there's responsibility that I have to take care of my body. Some of the things that God has taught me and my wife, both of us, especially over the last couple of years, and, and some things that had to be established with us, that it wasn't just an on and off kind of a thing about things we ate, how we exercised, how we took care of our bodies, and that kind of thing. It can't just be an on and off thing. It's, it's horrible for your physical body. You've got to remain that way because you're convinced it's right. Yeah. See? But yet, I don't want to... You see, bodily exercise and taking care of your body like that, it profits a little, but what really profits is to know that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's where the real profit is. That's where my faith is, but I can't ignore the responsibility I have to take care of the things that I'm doing. Can you say amen? See, so, so everybody's at a different place when you're walking through that. So don't look at someone else and say, well, you know, it's because they don't have any faith. That, that's a ridiculous To say somebody doesn't have enough faith to be healed in their body is an absolute lie. You say, yeah, well, well, but they didn't, you know, they're not believing. Well, it's the lack of developed faith. 
Did you hear what I said? Faith that is developed in their life. That's what people need, okay? And you'll never develop faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word. See, and if all you ever hear is the word on salvation, how will you ever be healed? If all you're hearing is somebody teaching about how to be prosperous from Scripture, how many know it's, it's God's will for you to prosper? Amen. 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 Okay? I know many people that, that have gotten a hold of prosperity but know nothing about health and healing. And so what does it matter if you're prospering if you ain't got the body that's going to last? Yeah. No. So there's a lot of components involved. So the reason I've taught this way over these last weeks and months, actually since I think September maybe, is because we need to see how Jesus operated in every way and how the way that he operated, how it relates and pertains to the way we receive from God and what we do, how we respond to the things that God challenges us in. Amen? So... Here's Jesus just traveling, and here come these 10 guys from a distance, about from where Jesus, I mean Jesus is, back in the back there, and, and from here, from me to him, I'm saying, hey, have mercy on us. We're sick. We need help. They couldn't get close. Literally, these guys weren't even supposed to be out at all. If you had leprosy, you, you could not be with your family for the rest of your life. No friends, no social gatherings of any kind whatsoever. You were hid away. These guys were putting their lives on the line to even come this close to Jesus. And they're hollering at him from a distance. Help us, have mercy on us, is what he's saying. So... The ten were lepers who stood far off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. Well, what did the priests have to do with anything? The priests were in charge. If you go in the Old Testament, like in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus, maybe 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there, talks about leprosy. And the priest's responsibility was to determine whether a person could come out of quarantine or not. And so Jesus is telling them, go show yourself to the priest. Priest's going to determine you can go, that you're really healed. Because these guys, have you ever seen pictures of leprosy? You ever seen what, what that looks like? I mean, these horrible sores and I mean, all kinds of stuff. Cuts, it looks like there's cuts. They, 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 the, the sores puss up and then they, they would cut. And I mean, it just get worse and worse and worse all over their bodies. So Jesus said here to them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was when they went, they were cleansed. They who? All 10 of them. As they went... They were cleansed. I'm not sure. This is the only account of this story. So I'm not sure if nine of them were Jews. And then we got this one Samaritan, this unsaved guy. I mean, that, that, that's how you, you kind of line it up. You know, 
the Jews would be the religious people of the day, and maybe these other nine were like, say, saved people in our, in our world, and then there's the Samaritan who's a foreigner who's not saved. Let's look at it like that. So he says this, <clears throat> and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and he said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this unsaved guy? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Notice that they were already cleansed. They were already healed. He said, your faith has made you well. He said that to the one. Your faith has made you well. Now you remember they met him. They came, they heard about him. They found where he was. They hollered at him and, 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 and begged for mercy. You know, have mercy on us in our condition, in the situation that we're in. But he told this one, he said, your faith has made you well. <clears throat> As I said earlier, nobody came to Jesus ever that was sick that left and not healed. <clears throat> but I want you to, I, I want to look at this verse of Scripture just for a second in Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6 in Mark 6. <clears throat> and I just want to kind of drive my point home about all the people that didn't receive, didn't receive their healing in Jesus' ministry. This is one account, Mark 6 and verse 5. Now, he could do no mighty work there, Jesus, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. You know, there's, there's a point that I want to make tonight that I, that I feel like is really important to God. And you'll understand that when, when, I'm, when I make when I say some of the things I'm going to say right now. I feel like there's a point that's really important to God about divine health and healing or a position that we are in in our lives with him. He, I really believe God wants us to see this. And, you know, God loves everybody. True? True? God loves sick people, but he hates sickness. True? He hates sickness, but he loves people that are sick. God loves poor people, but we see in Scripture he hates poverty. There's a difference. God wants us to see he doesn't want us tolerating anything. This Samaritan, God loves the Samaritan, 
that got well, he loved him. And I just believe in the presence of God the way, not at that necessarily at that moment because it hadn't come to fruition yet, but the way was made for that man's salvation because God doesn't desire for anybody to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God loves sinners, people that are not born again, that live in sin, but he hates the sin. And with a lot of people, it's hard to separate those kind of things with God. And, when, when, you know, but for God's grace and mercy, where would any of us be? Right? <clears throat> Nobody here tonight got what you deserved. Nobody. We have all gotten what he did for us, not what we deserved. Again, God loves the sinner but hates the sin. He loves the sick person, but he hates the sickness. You know that when you, when you go and study about the lepers in Leviticus 13, 14, 15, if you go and look at, at the lepers there, you know that if a priest had leprosy or if a priest had any type of sickness of any kind, he was not allowed in the temple. The priest was not. Because the sickness on his body would contaminate the temple. Talk in Old Testament. In the light of the New Testament, where is the temple now? Right here. Right here. God doesn't want His temple contaminated with anything. I'd encourage you to go read the book of Leviticus, and it's also, I think, in Chronicles also that talks about leprosy and just different sicknesses. But when it's talking about the priest, you know, which was the head of the temple in, the, in, in that day, you could say, well, that, he's talking about a pastor. Well, I think it's farther than that. He's talking about all of us being kings and priests. God loves us but he hates anything that tries to stay with us and stay attached to us. And he knows what it's going to take for you and I to be liberated and free. And when this guy, when he came back, go back in the middle of Luke 17, <clears throat> God told him, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was when they went, they were cleansed, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. So I want to show you two things that I feel like God said he wanted spoken tonight about this healing, about this manifestation. Number one, that all of them were healed through either the working of miracles, probably the gifts of healing that operated through Jesus. They came to him. He had compassion on them. God told him what to tell them to do. And as they went, 
they were well. They had faith involved. They had faith the fact that they chased after him to find him. But there was something about this one that came back and worshipped him and acknowledged the fact that he had healed him and that what he, in, in essence, because, you know, you have to read between the lines based on the revelation you have of the Word of God. That guy came back because of faith in God. And he, he came back to honor Jesus and acknowledge the fact that he did what he actually had heard would happen. They can't, why would those ten guys come looking for him while he's traveling? Because they heard what had happened in all the meetings that he had been in. This guy was healed, and it remained. If you probably did studies, I've never done study on these ten lepers. You know, in church history, I don't know if there is any. But good possibility that somewhere down the road, that leprosy came back on their body. Their bodies were healed. They were cleansed, all ten of them. But the one that came back to worship Jesus, he said, your faith has made you whole. When else did he say that? You remember, you remember when he said that to the centurion? As you believe, so it will be done to your servant. And in the selfsame hour, the centurion's servant was healed. Why? Because he believed. In the Mark 6 passage, he was astonished at people's unbelief when he was there and he told them, he even preached to them, and he was astonished at their un- unbelief and he could only heal a few sick people. Sick people that were there. I mean, there were anywhere Jesus went, there weren't just like 15 or 20 people. There were thousands of people. And to be in a certain place, one, tra- one, one, one passage says, even in his own hometown, only a few sick people could be healed because of their unbelief because they were familiar with him. Well, this is Jesus. Oh, this is Joseph's son. He's, that's a carpenter boy. You know, he's, he's nothing special about him. And because of that unbelief, they, they, weren't, they didn't receive their healing and health. I'm telling you tonight that health and healing is available, but there is so much involved in being in a position to receive what God has done for us. And when that guy came back, when that one of the ten came back and he began to worship him, what he was doing was receiving what Jesus had done to them. God's not really as concerned about somebody getting well. Now hear me, let me finish this before you cut me off in your mind. God's not as concerned about seeing somebody get well as he is about somebody seeing themselves healed. A lot of times all people want is just the symptoms to go, to way, go away and, and healing and, you know, to come to their body. I'm, I'm just desperate. I have to have it. But I, I, have to, I have to be willing to say because of the lack of gratefulness of the other nine, there's a good possibility that what they received that day, they lost somewhere down the road. God's more concerned that we get revelation on the inside of us that by his stripes I was healed and if I was I'm doing everything that I know from God's word to receive what he's already done. Not me trying to get well, but receiving what he accomplished for me. And that's what this one did. He went and received, 
And Jesus said to him, like he told the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has made you whole. Like he told the centurion, as you believe, it'll be done for you. Because what did Jesus say? The greatest faith I found in all of Israel, I found in this Roman centurion. That's what he saw in this guy. And this guy, quote, wasn't even saved. This guy was a foreigner. He's not even a part of, you know, the, the, the traditional Jewish heritage that Jesus was preaching to all these Pharisees and these Sadducees, all these people that had been raised, you know, in, in the first five books of the Bible. They'd been raised in, in that teaching, in that revelation. This guy wasn't even a part of that. He wasn't even accepted. If a Jew walked by a Samaritan, they'd go way around him. Never even, never, you know, the, the, the story, you know, of, of the Good Samaritan, you remember, where, where somebody was hurting and he was down in, in the ditch and, and, and everybody just passed over him and, and the Samaritan came. And, and in your and my situations that we face day to day, God wants you and I to know that what we have is bigger and better than anything that we face in life. No matter what comes against you, God already has the answer. And that's, in the three years of ministry that Jesus spent on earth, he wanted people to get this. He wanted humanity to get what he was trying to say. He didn't want them just to have faith in, in the fact that wherever he went, miracles happened. People got healed and delivered and set free and all that kind of thing. That was good, but he wanted them to believe that the same spirit that raised him from the dead, that was going to raise him from the dead, is the same spirit that would be left in him. He said, when I leave here, I'm leaving you a helper, same helper that was in me that caused me to do things, same one that's going to live in you, and you can do what I did and even greater works because now I've gone to the Father. That's what he wants us to believe telling you tonight, he wants you and I to believe that more than anything else on planet earth. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> when I said that earlier about God loving sick people, poor people, sinners, all that kind of thing, <clears throat> What that says is that he loves us and he's protected us. His mercy and grace have protected us from getting what we, what we were due. You realize you were due destruction and things not being right. You understand that? You, you, you know, we all deserve to be destroyed because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. But for the mercy and the grace of God. But for the grace of God, where would any of us be today? Can you say amen to that? I love this verse of scripture. It's found in Psalm 86 and verse 5. And it says this. <coughs> For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. And abundant mercy to all those who call upon you. You, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant mercy to all those who call upon you. Notice he said abundant mercy not just out there, abundant mercy if we draw from it, if we call upon it, if we allow it to do the work 
that God intended for his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness to do on our behalf. He set it up, now we have to receive it. That's our part. I don't have to make it happen. I have to receive it when I don't feel like I deserve something. Nobody deserves anything in here but for the grace of God. But because of him, we can do it all. We can do all things. We can receive all things. One of the most important things to me today in this year that we're living, and we talked about it at Word First, is hearing the voice of God above everything else. Hearing God how to receive, how to implement things that need to be spoken or decreed, When someone comes to you and they want you to pray for them or speak the word of God over them or whatever they're wanting you to do, it's vital that we don't just shotgun our prayers and throw stuff out there and hope something comes to pass. No, that we hear the voice of God. Man, when you hear the voice of God and then you declare what he says, you have the right, you have the right to receive the same results that happened in Jesus' ministry. Remember this. Every person that came to Jesus left healed. Every sick person that came to Jesus, they came on purpose, they left healed. Go through the scripture, look at it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, look at every person that came to Jesus. We see lots of people that Jesus went to that didn't get well. They were expecting him to, you know, do something. But the people that came to him expecting, they were healed. You and I have to develop Inside of us, that expector, having that absolute expectation that nothing's going to separate us from God, nothing's going to separate us from the Word, and from believing that if God said it, it will come to pass. Can you say amen to that? If God said it, it will come to pass. So tonight, in, in this story, and I feel like, The real key thing here is that you can, be, you can be one of the nine that got well because of the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit, or you can be that one that is truly continuing to seek after God and worship God and allow the Word to be a part of you so that you're not just somebody that's trying to get well. You're somebody that is walking in revelation and developing revelation on the inside of them that by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not going to be healed. I am healed. And that I stay with that, I stick with that, and I will let nothing get me off of that and disrupt me from that. Remember what I say earlier? God is not as concerned about people getting well as he is concerned about them knowing that they're well and be healed because then you keep it. Then you walk in health and healing. Not just every time something's wrong, you get, you know, you you beg for a healing or, you know, hope that God's going to see fit to change or, or correct this thing because that's where we're let down. When there's no faith involved, you will be let down. There has to be faith to receive all that God has for us. Can you say amen to that?